like to invite you to a soul level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guests' spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. We've got a delightful voice, spirit, and person here today for Song of the Soul. Her name is Mary Michet, and her specialty is music with values for children, most often music leading to a deeper connection with the natural world all around us, the plants and the animals, but also music that teaches connection to the whole human race in the form of peace. So, whether Mary Michet is dealing with two, four, six, or eight-footed creatures, she combines respect, humor, and joy for a better, more harmonious world. Mary has worked in education for decades and added a degree in therapy along the way that has deepened the reach of her music and teaching. Mary Michet joins us today by phone from California. Mary, I'm delighted to have you here today for Song of the Soul. Thanks, Mark. How long have you been out in California? Is this your home forever and ever? That is correct. I grew up in the Bay Area, and I now live in Lake County, north of Napa. So, Mary, how did you get into this? Well, I was a music major in college, and then after that, I wanted to go back to school to work on marriage and family therapy license because I wanted to work with children in counseling. And I needed to make some money to go to graduate school. My mother was teaching in an inner city school, and there was a group of people who came and did an assembly program. She came home, and she said to me, Mary, she said, you could do that. So I thought, you're right, Ma, I could do that. So I started contacting schools, finding out what they needed, and doing music assembly programs in schools. And pretty soon, people figured out that I know how to do music, and so they started calling me to teach children's chorus and to train teachers and do all those kinds of things. And that was what I did in my 30s. And so you've been doing education in addition to your music or your music has been part-time or how's that worked? Pretty much I've been doing education all the way along. Um, I first worked in an outdoor education school after college where I did nature and science songs at campfires. And then I taught for two years in middle school and got out of that and went back to school to become a marriage and family therapist because I wanted to work in therapy and I wanted a more one-on-one experience. So I really have worked with children all the way along. Including as a marriage and family therapist? Yes, I did work with children. When I moved up to Lake County, I was at some meeting and mentioned that I had a marriage and family therapy license and this woman made a beeline for me and took me out to lunch and said, now, what would you do? And so the next week she called me and said, okay, I designed a job for you, now please apply. So I did, and I was a clinician with the Safe Schools program for four years in three different schools to uh, help children function better in the classrooms. 
So we've understood that children are a major component of this, and the, the CDs that you've put out have targeted young folks in general. That's right. It started because I was teaching children's chorus, and the parents loved the songs I was teaching the kids and said they couldn't find them anyplace, so I said, make a tape. So I did, and then I made six tapes, and finally they turned into six CDs. And the first one that I made, we don't have on the market anymore because it was such an odd mixture of things. But the other ones all came out as theme CDs for parents, for kids. Well, that sounds like a good cue to start listening to some of your music. How do you want to start off your Song of the Soul? Well, this first one is a song that I do with children, Let There Be Peace on Earth and Let It Begin With Me, and we talk about how peace begins with ourselves. This does not strike me as an obvious song to sing with children in general. I mean, maybe they can sing the upper reaches of the notes. That'd be one thing in their favor. But it's kind of slow tempo, whereas usually most kids' songs, I think, are kind of upbeat, bouncy. And does this work with kids? It's true. If the kids know me and we've been working on it for a while, they like singing a song that's a little bit slower. But I draw them in with other songs. For example... Find a Peaceful Thought is one of the songs you're also going to listen to. Well, in that case, we will start off with Let There Be Peace on Earth. Our guest today is Mary Michelle. So many of us know, Let There Be Peace on Earth, performed here by Mary Miche. I noticed, by the way, Mary, I think you or someone altered some of the lyrics in there. I'm used to singing it. How does it go? With God as our Father. God, yeah, with God as our Father. Right. The problem we have in public schools is that we cannot sing songs about religious things. So you can't have in public schools singing about God as our Father or things like that. So that's why some of the songs, I have to change the words, a word here and there, because you have to be able to teach the song in public school. 
That's one of the things I've done with a number of my songs, made them the kind of song that teachers could use in the classroom. Because sometimes it'll be a really great song, and then it will have something in the middle of it that teachers sort of just roll their eyes and go, oh, no, can't use that song. So that's one of the reasons why I sometimes tweak the words just a little bit here and there. What other kinds of tweaks do you have to do? I mean, religion is one thing. We don't have government-established religion, so therefore you avoid that one. What other kinds of things might not be acceptable? Well, I generally tend to do songs that try to teach something. Some songs are fun and they're silly, but you don't learn much from them. And so I tend not to do too many of those songs. I really like songs. They're fun. They're exciting. The kids enjoy them. And you learn something from them. And so with Let There Be Peace on Earth, you're calling to them values, the connection people around the world are like us. That's the lesson or the the thing you're trying to hold up to them? I think that children really can relate to other children all over the world. And they often have a lot of compassion for other people. And so children really, I mean, they can sing it with a heartfelt sort of way. Well, you mentioned Find a Peaceful Thought, which is another one of the songs I know you want to sing. How does that fit into the message that you like to share with kids? I think Find a Peaceful Thought is really a very fun song, but also have a bigger message. So one of the things that happened when we were recording this song is I had a number of children in my chorus who wanted to come to the studio and help, and I wanted to try to give each child a little spot in the song where they could do something. And what happened was one of the little girls, Heather, she really didn't sing as much as she did, really cute talking, and she always does the kind of punchlines, you know, peace is fun but sometimes boring, or peace is when your daddy's funny. So one of the things I enjoyed about doing this song with kids is that it gave them the opportunity to experience being in a studio and being part of a team that produces a song, but it also gave each child a little bit different part. I see noted on your liner notes that this song is by Linda Arnold. Does that mean that these parts that the kids are saying, did they invent them, or are those thoughts from kids that you are dealing with, or is this just part of the song that Linda had? What happened was Linda wrote the song, and she was working in a classroom, and these were all suggestions from her kids. And then when we did the song, we took the same suggestions and we put them in the song. Linda's a wonderful children's songwriter, and she's from Santa Cruz area, and just has really great, great stuff with kids. And I really like her music and I like her singing. I like her instrumentation. She does a beautiful job with that. You said, Mary, that you're a marriage and family therapist now. That That's your degree you had. Are you still doing the music too with kids? Yes, I do music once a week in the Bay Area, and I teach at an inner-city school in Fruitvale area, which it's not a real safe neighborhood, let's put it that way. So I go once a week, and I have all the kindergartners in the school, and I do music with them on Friday afternoon so that the teachers can have time to work together and collaborate and do individual testing and things like that. And then I have all the first graders from the school. This started many years ago when I was teaching chorus and the mom of one of my children in chorus started working in an, what we call a flatland school, an inner city school in Richmond. 
and the teachers wanted to have collaborative time, so she thought of me, because I had taught her son for chorus, and had me come down, and I started doing huge groups of children. I did 150 to 160 kids in each session, and I sang with the kids. We had six to eight classrooms of children, and I would sing with the kids while the teachers had their grade-level meeting times. I just loved it. Of course, the program ran out of money, which is standard you know, for public schools, but it was really great while we did it. It sounds like you are a brave woman. That sounds like an immense number of children. How many helpers or anything did you have there? I had two assistants that helped me, and I always hired two Spanish speakers because in that, that particular school was 95% uh, Hispanic children. So um, I had two moms who always helped me. They were just wonderful. And we didn't talk much because I had to keep the children singing the whole time. But it was fun. We had our nonverbal communication. I called them my bouncers. <laughs> well, speaking of bouncers, let's not lose track of the peaceful thought we were on the trail of. We're going to share a song written by Linda Arnold, performed by Mary Michet, and a bunch of her cohorts over there in California. The song is Find a Peaceful Thought. It's an old-fashioned word and it's been all around Cross every ocean, every mountain or town Thinking this word is lots of fun to do Here is what some children said when they thought it through Peace is a quiet countryside Peace is jumping on the moon Peace is a little kitten on your lap Peace is a happy birthday party Peace is fun but sometimes boring Peace is shaking hands and stuff like that Peace is planting flowers on a clear day Peace is blowing bubbles Peace is when you pray collaboration of Mary Michet with a number of her young students, Find a Peaceful Thought. It's from her Piece It Together CD. It's one of uh, five or six maybe CDs you have out there, right, Mary? Yes, I have five. And you have one that's not in publication that is a rare gem that people really want to get a hold of. No, <laughs> it's the first one I made and I didn't really know what I was doing. And it has a few songs on there which I'm embarrassed by, so I don't sell that CD anymore. You could sell it just as a practice of humility, you know? <laughs> That's right. Good do that. 
Let's keep going on your music, because I think you have a fair amount to share all over the board. What's next? There are some songs, three of them, that are coming up. Hey, Miss Spider, and Spiders and Snakes, and Bad Seat Bugs. And I want to talk a little bit about why I do these particular kinds of songs. I've worked a lot with inner-city children. I worked in Richmond. I worked in Oakland. I spent a long time... Uh, many years going to these schools and doing music once a week in the schools with large groups of children. And these songs are about overcoming our fears of the natural world. And one of the things that happens with inner city children, they are used to living in the inner cities and not going anywhere. And as a result, when they get out into the natural world, they are just scared to death by it. Now, I find that very interesting because, I mean, one time in our school, we had like a real lockdown. Lockdown is when you have to lock all the doors and not let anybody move around because we had an actual shooter on the street right outside our school. And so you'd think these children would be, you know, happy to be out in a natural environment, but often inner city children really are frightened by it. So these three songs are about getting to know the natural environment and not being frightened by spiders or snakes or bats or things that they might be worried about in the environment. Well, then we'll do all three of them in a row. We'll start out with Hey Ms. Spider by Mary Michet. There's a spider on my knee and she's crawling over me. Oh, what, oh, what should I do? Should I brush her? Okay, Mary, we are now not afraid of spiders because we know Miss Spider who might be tickling us. That's right. A really favorite ending there is she knows that I'm a living thing and I've got feelings too. So do spiders really know we're living things? I wonder. 
I don't know. Sometimes you wonder how much they know and how much they don't know. Spiders are pretty smart. Now, I would think spiders would be a thing you could find easily enough in the inner city. It's true, but most children haven't really taught to fear spiders, and they've been taught to fear snakes. The inner city children really have more challenges and are more often fearful, in my experience. Have you worked in non-inner city? Have you worked in other communities where you saw that difference coming out? Does it And does it manifest as kids not being afraid of spiders and snakes, for instance? Oh, yeah. There's a big difference. I taught at Kensington School, which was what we call a Hills School. I taught there for 25 years early in the morning, and there's just really a big difference between the kinds of children who are in Hills schools and children who are in inner, inner city schools. The parent involvement is enormous in a Hills school compared to the parent involvement in inner city flatland schools. And therefore, spiders and snakes are acceptable? Well, they more often go out with their parents in nature and go for nature walks. So, you know, they don't have as much nature deficit disorder as inner city children might have. Inner city kids really don't get to go many places. They mostly stay home because gas is expensive. Well, it does sound like we should be listening to spiders and snakes and help move all of our listeners past their fears of such creatures. Again, Mary Mache's song, Spiders and Snakes. Spiders and snakes, spiders and snakes, I'm going to learn to love them no matter how long it takes. Spiders and snakes, spiders and snakes, I'm going to learn to love them no matter how long it takes. Some snakes eat insects, some eat rodents too. If they're in your garden, they're probably helping you. Most snakes won't bite anyone, of course there's some that do. But if you do not bother them, they will not bother you. Spiders and snakes, spiders and snakes. I'm gonna learn to love them no matter how long it takes Spiders and snakes, spiders and snakes I'm gonna learn to love them no matter how long it takes Spiders catch flies in their webs, this is what I've been taught Some of the strands are sticky and some of them are not Spiders have eight legs, they have eight eyes too They'd rather munch on insects than taking a bite of you. Spiders and snakes, spiders and snakes, I'm gonna learn to love them no matter how long it takes. Spiders and snakes, spiders and snakes, I'm gonna learn to love them no matter how long it takes. But if they knew how important they were, what a difference that would make. Spiders and snakes, spiders and snakes, I'm gonna learn to love them no matter how long it takes. Spiders and snakes, spiders and snakes, I'm gonna learn to love them no matter how long it takes. 
song performed by Mary Michet, Spiders and Snakes. Uh, but whose song actually is that? Who wrote that one? Terry Axelrod. He was a naturalist that worked in outdoor education school. I do, myself, try and encourage the snakes around our garden. We know what's protecting our garden, and we know that there's rodents who want to do a lot of damage to the garden, that the snakes are going to eat the enemies of our garden in general. That's right. That's right. And that's one of the things that children and I talk about, is that snakes are helpful. We also talk about how to behave around snakes. So they get my story of the giant snake that I saw when I was backpacking. You ready? I can't wait. So I was um, hiking along a trail, and I heard the sound of a rattlesnake. And this rattlesnake, I happened to see him before I got too close. This was a timber rattler. So they are like curled up. They're about three feet across. If you length them out, they're probably six or to eight feet long. Big, big rattlesnakes. So I saw him. I looked at him. He looked at me. I looked at him. He looked at me. And I decided that it wasn't a smart idea to get up next to him. So I slowly backed away, and he decided I was too big to mess with. And so he slithered off into the rocks. And that's what you're supposed to do when you see a snake. You see, you're supposed to just like calmly and quietly let the snake take his distance. As opposed to jumping up and down and screaming? Yeah, not a good plan. Well, so now all our listeners are going to live longer because of that. We hope so. But especially if you come to California, we have rattlesnakes here. You really don't want to get bit by a rattlesnake. Although the truth of the matter is, is that most people do not die from rattlesnake bites. Mostly you just go to the hospital and get a shot. You're listening to Song of the Soul, which is a Northern Spirit Radio production, and I'm your host for Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and our website is northernspiritradio.org. You'll find all of our archives the last six to seven years out on the web at northernspiritradio.org. You'll find links to our guests like Mary Michet, and you'll find a place to leave comments. We love hearing from you. Again, northernspiritradio.org. Well, you said there were three songs in a row that you wanted to share on kind of this theme. Yep. The third one is Bats Eat Bugs. As opposed to Bats Drink Human Blood? Yeah, I know. The kids, they watch these movies that are just terrible, and they think that bats are like going to get them or fly in their hair or some other thing. So they all get scared by bats. Truth is that we really need bats. Are they one of the species that hasn't been suffering? You know, like the bees and the frogs, all those species have been suffering. They have been suffering. That's one of the issues about bats. They've had a number of bat diseases, and they're really worried about the numbers of bats because bats eat their weight in insects every night. You think about how much food we eat compared to our weight. And then you think about, if I were going to eat that many pounds of food in one night, that's a lot of insects. It would be an incredible amount. Yeah. So if we lose bats, you know, we could have really a lot of problems in terms of insects really getting out of control. We probably won't lose bats. We'll probably figure out how to preserve them. Bats Eat Bugs by Mary Michet.
Cats Eat Bugs. Wonderful song performed by Mary Miche, who's my guest today for Song of the Soul. She's from Mountain California, just north of the Bay Area. She's got a series of CDs, mostly targeted to kids. Earthy Tunes is one of them, and there's also one called Nature Nuts that deal with these things out in nature, like bats eating bugs. So again, Bats Eat Bugs is from your Nature Nuts CD, right? Yeah, and I have a fun story with that Nature Nuts CD. I gave a copy of it to my sister for her little boy, and he was only like two and a half and learned all the songs by heart, had them down completely. And he came to our wedding when he was about two and a half, three years old. And of course, he'd been singing the songs, and we don't know if he ever really connected that I was the person who made the album. But suddenly, in the quiet, in a Quaker wedding, there's a period of quiet. All of a sudden, he looks over at me, and he points, and he says, Mary, sing! And the whole Quaker meeting, of course, chuckled. Who is that song actually written by, though, Mary? It's written by Steve Van Zandt, who is a really great naturalist and wonderful songwriter. He also was the director of an outdoor education program for many years. He taught kindergarten for a while, and he's been one of the main writers of songs for the Banana Slug String Band. That song has kind of, I would say the music is kind of honky-tonk, bluesy piano going on. Which instruments are yours? What, what do you play? I play guitar, mandolin, violin, and album Nature Nuts, which is where Bats Eat Bugs is from, was done with another friend of mine, David Rosen, who now lives in Indiana, and really fabulous instrumentalist. So he played many of the instruments, and I played many of the instruments, and it was basically a two-man band. So who's more likely to be playing gazoo? I think I played gazoo on that one. Well, it's a lot of fun. Of the CDs that you've put out, this wildlife connection is very strong. Were you raised, uh, you know, being out camping or hanging out with the bugs and the bees and the the frogs and the salamanders? Not exactly. <laughs> My parents used to take us just camping for day trips. My mother absolutely hated camping. So we would go and stay in Yosemite National Park and go to housekeeping. Or we went one year to Sequoia National Park, stayed in the cabins there. I think it's really kind of funny that it was after college that I became such a nature girl. I was the, one of the ones who was really squeamish about, ooh, ooh, no. In fact, there's a great little picture of me when I was about nine years old. My sisters and I were playing in the backyard and we turned the hose on and started making mud pies. And here are my two sisters completely covered by mud. I mean, head to toe. And me, my feet and my hands have mud on them. That's it. <laughs> I just was, you know, it's so funny. And I think what it is is that, you know, I'm a living example of the fact that, you know, people can get over this. Is there any kind of transcending moment that got you past it? I think going to UC Santa Cruz really made a huge difference because, of course, it's at the time I went to UC Santa Cruz that it had just opened, and so the whole place was pretty wild, not only in terms of natural habitat, but also students were moderately wild. It was sort of the hippie school. 
But, it, you know, I really learned a lot being in Santa Cruz about appreciation for the natural environment, the natural world. And then what happened, I went with a sixth grade class to an outdoor education school in the spring of my senior year, and I just loved how much they learned in such a short period of time. So that's how I made a really dedicated effort to work in outdoor education schools for the next five years because I really wanted to work with children in the environment to teach them about it and for them to learn. Well, good thing for you and for the world, I think. You know, it's funny because at the time, right after college, I was working in environmental education schools, and then I did a master's degree in environmental education. And people were really like, what are you going to study that for? That's kind of dumb. One of my favorite bumper stickers, for example, is ignore the environment, it will go away. And, you know, I just feel like even then we began to realize how much importance we need to put on taking care of the environment. And if we start with children, and many, many teachers are really, really into teaching their children to take care of the environment, I think we get lessons that really stick over the years. Well, I'm just betting that you've got more music to share some of these lessons with us so that they can stick with us. We need some educating, so why don't you do that for us, Mary? This is one of my favorite songs, Newts, Salamanders, and Frogs. And what's a little bit difficult to portray on the radio is the dance that goes with this song. So when you go Newts, Salamanders, and Frogs, oh yeah, of course you have to stick your hands both up in the air and yell, oh yeah. And then, of course, when it's Newts, Salamanders, and Frogs, you have to swim like a frog. When living in ponds, you know, you have to make your pond with your arms. And then you tell mention frogs, oh, yeah. So got to put your hands up in the air, you know, when the oh, yeah comes by. Well, let's have the audience out there in Radioland do that. So you've got the directions here with newt salamanders and frogs, oh, yeah, Mary Mache. Oh, yeah. Living in Paul. 
fun kids gem from Mary Miche, Newt's Salamanders and Frogs. You know, I'm afraid that uh, the title of that song has been poisoned for me. I keep seeing Newt Gingrich every time that word comes by these days. Well, I think of the animal, which is a fabulous animal. (laughs) Meats are so fun to play with. When I used to work at the outdoor education school, you'd just get tons of newts in the spring. You know, they'd come down to the river, lay their eggs, and then they'd be going back. And it's just so much fun to play with the newts and then put them back in the water. And, oh, I want to mention, you know, that's second another song by Steve Van Zandt. I think I'm going to have to look up this man. He's a fun guy. Well, one of the things that I usually do as part of Song of the Soul is to ask my guests a little bit about their background, spiritual. And, uh, you know, you've been talking about your delight at teaching kids and in the outdoors. You haven't put it in any explicitly spiritual terms, and maybe that does or doesn't fit for you. I want to ask the question, you know, what's what's your spirit base? Where did you come from and where are you now? Well, I grew up Catholic, and I was very, very involved in Catholicism as a child and liked it a lot, got a lot from it. But it was, for me, a little too structured. And when I was in college, I discovered Quaker Meeting and just loved going to Quaker Meeting because I felt very much at home in the meeting. One of the things I really appreciate about Friends is we do now have such an involvement in in the concern about the environment and sustainability and all those things. My particular area, of course, is working with children to talk about the environment with kids. And and how does that relate to your spiritual beliefs? You said that friends, which by that you mean Quakers, they're concerned about sustainability, environment, all of this. When you got involved, was that true? No, friends were not that involved in, in the environmental issues when I started going to meeting, which was about 40-something years ago. That has been something that's kind of developed as friends have become become more aware of the concerns about the environment. One of the things I love about friends is this wonderful acceptance of different people and their different gifts and their different styles. For example, I would say I'm not as much of a person who's out there doing political action, uh, mostly because I'm mostly in the classrooms working with kids or I'm working with individuals. or But there are other people who I greatly admire their work, and I'm very grateful they're doing that kind of work, even though it isn't particularly my call. So one of the things I appreciate about friends is our a willingness and ability to accept each other, even when we have such diversity in our styles. I also really appreciate Quaker Meeting. So you can kind of get beyond the day-to-day when you're sitting in Quaker Meeting on a regular basis. Go on with some more music. We've got a little bit more time here. and Well, this is a song that came from the World Gathering of Friends in 1985 or 84. I'm not sure which year. 
And I didn't get to go to that gathering because I was teaching some classes for Cal State Hayward at the time. So I was not able to go to the gathering, but I learned a lot of the songs afterwards. And this is one of the very favorite songs. And then I put it on the album for children because I think it's really important for children to have the kind of end of campfire, everybody hold arms and sing with each other. I think songs like Let There Be Peace on Earth and Friends Forever and uh, um, inspire children to realize that we can help each in our own way and that we do it together, not just as an individual, I do my thing, you do your thing kind of a proposition. So the friends in this song, I think originally uh, they were maybe referring to friends in, as in the Religious Society of Friends or Quakers, but in this case we're singing it to the whole world because when you get right down, we all can or at least should be friends. The song is Friends Forever, performed here by Mary Miche. It's a jigsaw puzzle world with walls and borders, broken lines divide our lands. But the world is just one place, and all the strangers on its face can share this world.
another beautiful song performed by Mary Michet for her song of the soul. It was Friends Forever. And this song was not written by me. This was written by John Carter, who at the time was a Friends pastor and may still be. What would you like to finish your song of the soul with? This is another song by Steve Van Zandt, Go Into the Night. And it's really a lovely song about not being afraid of the night. Again, I think of this kind of music as helping inner-city children be more comfortable with the natural world. This song is about all the different things that you hear at night, and it helps educate children as to what those sounds are so that they feel comfortable. Another song by Steve Van Zandt, performed here by Mary Michet, Go Into the Night. If you go into the night, there's music in the night Calling out a song that's clear Nighttime call is the great horned owl With a song that you can hear And the owl you can hear If you go into the night, there's music in the night Calling out a song that's clear in the thickets there are some crickets with a song that you can hear and the crickets you can hear and the owl you can hear if you go into the night there's music in the night calling out a song that's clear down in the bog there are a million frogs with a song that you can hear and the frogs you can hear and the crickets you can hear and the owl you can hear if you go into the night there's music in the night calling out a song that's clear Beautiful note of a lone coyote is a song that you can hear, and the coyote you can hear, and the frogs you can hear, and the crickets you can hear, and the Go into the night, there's music in the night Calling out a song that's clear The silent wonder of people's hearts Will melt away their fear And the silence you can hear And the coyotes you can hear And the frogs you can hear
beautiful, beautiful reflective song, Go Into the Night. It's written by Steve Van Sant, performed here for Song of the Soul by Mary Michelle. Certainly a lot connected with the environment, a lot connected with peace. Uh, I guess those are two big important elements of your career, of your life, of your values. And they certainly have come through in the songs. If people want to find your music, where should they be going, Mary? They can go to my website, which is marymichet.com. And then when you see my music, you can find also a link there to another company called Songs for Teaching. And they have downloads of my albums, but you can also order directly from us. And you'll see all the instructions on the website. And the link is Mary's Music. But even easier, follow the link from NorthernSpiritRadio.org. It's been great having you on, Mary. And I can just see, you know, decades of children who've been transformed by encountering with your singing, with your music, with the message you brought into their lives. Thanks for joining us for Song of the Soul. Well, thanks so much. I just want to give you one of my favorite quotes from Gandhi. If there is to be peace in the world, we must begin with the children. Again, today's Song of the Soul guest was Mary Mache. Go to marymache.com or find her via northernspiritradio.org. Whether you do or don't, may you have beautiful music in your life, and may you live it with a satisfied soul. And join us next week for Song of the Soul. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy Let in the light It will heal you And you can feel you And sing out a song of the soul